Hello, and welcome to Emmanuel Christian Center's podcast. Join us today as we jump in to our series called Deconstruct, Reconstruct. Join us as we unpack what it means to have authentic faith. Deconstruction is breaking stuff down to the foundation. Reconstruction happens when we know who the true foundation of our life is. Get ready. God is on the move. Part of the reason that I care so much and we care so much about the next generation is whatever happens in them determines their future. And a lot of what happens in your story has an overflow to the people around you. In fact, the compelling force for the brand new series that we're starting today is the next generation. We're talking about deconstruction and reconstruction, which can go in a million different directions. But I want, to, I want you to know, really, it comes down to whatever goes on in us is handed off to our kids. And this can be for good or it can be for disaster. And the questions and the struggles in our heads and in our hearts have a way of hanging on with the little ones who are following us. So my hope for you is that together we can step through some common limitations and, and irritations and questions of life that are ignored in the Bible You see, in the Bible, there are lots of stories of pain. There's rejection and corruption and sinful mistakes that cause family pain. There's murder and injustice and sickness and persecution and anger. All the stuff we hear about in our society was dealt with in the Bible. The story of God in people. All the while, there's a straight-up governmental injustice happening in those days and racism and uprisings and attempts at overthrowing the government. The kingdom of God stood strong and the gospel was preached, and it has everything to do with where we are today. So much of our world approaches life like a Jenga game. So Pastor John Carlos is up here to help me today. And... uh, Thank you, Pastor John Carlos. This is about the only time you'll ever see him without a mic, because uh, I'm preaching right now. He's, he is uh, my, my um, trusty assistant in a Jenga game. Now, I want how many of you have ever seen Jenga before, or you played it? The whole idea is, is that you got all these blocks up here, and you want to remove one uh, without it tumbling anything over, and then you add it back up onto the top of the weight. Yep. Okay. So success, it didn't fall apart. Go, go for it again. Keep going, bro. Ooh, oh, I saw it get a little tipsy. Now, this is what life is like a little bit in the way the world handles things, is that we think, well, one new, new piece of information, one bad thing happened, a rejection in a person's life or new news around the world And that next one is going to make it all crash down. And we live on the edge of the next piece of news destroying an entire life. Well, keep going, bro. I want you you to keep going. And uh, when it comes to the way the world handles things, all right, he's still doing it. Keep going, bro. You're, ah, he's trying to be safe. He's trying to go at it safe. Well, you got to go faster now. I'm going to put a shot clock on you, dude. All right. Oh. Oh, so, and you never know what's going to happen. He's going to continue to go, oh, 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 might have to go the other direction. All right, you want to keep going? Let's go, John Carlos. Let's get this one. Keep going. I want to say one more, one more. I just, one more. Go. Ah. Where are you going to go? 
Can he do it? So what we all know, give it up for Pastor John Carlos. Thank you for my assistant today. Now we all know this is going to crash at some point while I'm preaching, right? So when it happens, stay with me, hang with me, because he's got that leaning tower of Pisa he left up here with me. So much of the world approaches life like that Jenga game. The world is intact, but one piece could bring it all down. Everything's going great until one thing happens and we're plunged into despair without peace. One rejection and trust for everyone is gone. And in the age of the breaking news that's going on out there and the next new revelation about someone or some organization, and everything is erased, everything is canceled. Not just other people. Often we think of that as society and things that are going out there, but we do this to ourselves. One mistake, one failure, and we give up. We cancel ourselves, opting out of an entire future, leaving on the edge. Will the next, will they find out that I'm a fraud? What if I fail? And that's simply the way the world approaches things, and it's not the way that the Bible shows us. Because Jesus gives us something different. You see, you are not a failure for all time because your marriage failed. Addiction and pain and rejection and trust issues, all of those things can be resolvable. God can give you a future. And inwardly, the Jenga piece may have been pulled a long time ago, but the kingdom of God is not a game of Jenga. In fact, we are told that in life, we're going to have seasons of deconstruction and reconstruction. It's going to happen all the time. Let's get over the freaking out part of it. In fact, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, For everything there is a what? Season. A season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. See, biblically speaking, life is built with an inhale and exhale rhythm to it. There's always going to be something new. There's new seasons. We know seasons in Minnesota. Winter. Spring, summer, autumn, or fall. How many are ready for this season to end? <laughs> Amen. Today it's going to be really warm, but tomorrow we might be shoveling, right? But this is the way it is, though. We know spring is coming. We know summer is coming. And with life, we're going to have moments that it's the dark winter of the soul. It's going to feel like it's always winter in the Chronicles of Narnia and feel as if nothing's going to change. But biblically speaking, this is not the end. There's something new coming. If you need hope today, I want you to know if you're locked in the middle of a deep winter of the soul, springtime is coming. 
There's never just deconstruction. There's always reconstruction in the Bible. I know that we can lean in and understand that the kingdom is not just about tearing down. It's also about building up. If there is going to be tearing down, you better expect that there's going to be building back up. When I worked at North Central University, I was vice president over a part of the school that involved enrollment and some other things. And I had a, a colleague that oversaw student development, which was all of the student life, residence halls, and that kind of thing. And he would describe to me how the discipline worked with the students. How many knows universities have a discipline system? And how many know students break the rules? How many, I won't even ask for a show of hands. How many of you broke the rules? But the philosophy of the university wasn't that we were going to be punitive. We weren't going to just catch people and doing wrong and giving them a punishment. But we had a phrase, and it was redemptive discipline. And the idea is, is that, yes, you're caught. Yes, there's a consequence. But the goal of the discipline is to restore. It's redemptive in your life. That's really the biblical kingdom value. That when there is destruction or there's an end or there's something exposed. The response is never to cancel somebody out forever, but the goal is, is to see people restored. And I know this in our church at Emmanuel, there are thousands of us that could have been canceled in our story, but because of Jesus, we have a future and a hope. Come on, somebody. There's hope because of what Jesus has done in us. What really matters is how you are going to build your life, though, in every one of your seasons. Because life can trigger us. When information hits, how do you react? Not just the initial fight-flight response. How many of you are fight people? How many of you are flight people? You get out of there, okay? I'm not just talking about the initial response. But whatever conclusions we draw in a moment can often last a lifetime. And our emotions are horrible instructors for where to go. In the middle of our emotional moments, we might make irrational decisions. That's why you've often heard the advice, never make a permanent decision in the middle of a crisis. Because we might miss it. I have friends who have gone through the divorce of their parents and they spent a lifetime reacting to the pain of that mo moment when they were children. They're still reacting against that. Either they don't want to be their dad or their mom or, or they wonder in the back of their head whether or not there's something flawed inside of them because their parents didn't make it and then they think that maybe I can't ever get married. I don't have the stuff. I don't have the right DNA. And the truth is that those are nothing but lies. And so whatever we tell ourselves in the middle of our crisis moments can often live with this for a lifetime. I'll never trust anybody again. They've hurt me too much. I can't love anyone. No one will love me because I messed up. And we can begin to tell ourselves those things. Some people have served under leaders who abused their power and mistreated people. And so because of that, the result is that you can't trust authority for the rest of your life because of your hurt. Or others don't find healing and become the same type of person who abused them. See, if you don't let the kingdom of God come into your life, we often become that which we despise. Victims can become angry and bitter, waiting for the perpetrator to change or be punished before letting go of the bitterness that's on the inside. 
We all talk about overcoming and forgiving during this series. And I want to give you hope that no matter where you're at and what season you're in, the kingdom of God is good news for you. In fact, this entire series, we're going to look at some of the themes that we walk through with deconstruction and reconstruction. We're going to deal with justice and injustice. We're going to deal with when someone hurts you. What do you do with your pain? How do you handle that? And forgiveness is a big part of that story. We're going to talk about some of those themes that perhaps you hear about in the world around us. But it all comes back to Jesus. You see, when Jesus came, he proclaimed a kingdom a different way of dealing with injustice and failure and corruption than the Jenga way. In fact, he created a different pathway and he spoke to the heart of every person seeking to resolve what triggers their hurt, anger, vulnerability, and pain. Jesus stepped into a mixed up world of governments mixed with religious corruption and racial conflict. And the crowds wanted him to fix the government by overthrowing the government. You know, often our solution to our frustrations is to throw the opposition out, to end them and to cancel them. Think about Jesus when he stepped in and all the governments and economic systems in the world history that he could have stepped into. Republics and democracies and communism and socialism and capitalism. All of the various systems. Many times throughout world history, people have tried to overthrow the corruption of whatever system that you name. And they wanted Jesus to come in and overthrow the system. But the problem wasn't with the system. He never endorsed a political system. Why? Ultimately, the problem is people and sin. Sin can corrupt any system, any organization, any family, and any marriage. Jesus didn't address the big uh, colossal system. He wanted to deal with people's heart. And the kingdom of God can work in any system in the world. Right now, some of the largest church representation in the world is in communist China. The kingdom of God works there. The kingdom of God works in South America, in Central America, in Europe. It works in America. It works in Canada. In all of the various perspectives that we're hearing, and all of the focuses of social media that are coming after us, trying to, to bait us into taking the bait of anger towards the system or anger towards a distant leader, and it never changes anything on the inside of us. In steps Jesus so with the kingdom of God, able to overcome the sin in our own heart and provide peace that no government in the world can provide. Jesus provides a peace that passes understanding. Come on, somebody. Ultimately, when sin entered the picture, deconstruction of the perfect world began. And only Jesus can bring reconstruction to the world. He healed the sick and addressed religious hypocrisy, but he specifically talked to individual hearts. And he offers the solution to how we can survive the seasons of life and become who he's designed us to be. Following Jesus truly is the only way. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is speaking to you and to me. And he's speaking to a crowd at the time about the various ways that you can build your life. And he says this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand or mud. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus let us know that the floodwaters and the storms are going to come in life. Life won't always be perfect. Pain and injustice, they will be present. But to survive, we must build our lives by listening and obeying Jesus' words. Jesus is the living word of God. And relationship with Jesus is more than just rule following and being religious. Jesus is the solid rock. He is. Now, in the middle of all of the things that are disruptive in our life and the disappointments of authority structures and people that have been an authority over us, and we find out news about things that were uh, corrupt in government or even in the religious world, oftentimes we can want to abandon anything to do with religion. See, that person hurt me in church. This person disappointed me. That pastor that I was with, he had a moral failure, whatever it may be. And we can say, because that happened, I'm done with church. I'm out. Too many people have had church hurt and they've said, I'm out. But let me tell you this. You are reacting to people like a Jenga game and you're missing the fact that Jesus said, I am not a religious system. I am a person. And I have come to build relationship with you. Even when things don't make sense in life, you can trust the person Jesus because he knows you best. He's your creator. He knows who you are. And he has created you with a purpose. And he will finish what he started. Come on, somebody. He is the solid rock. And he says, we got to listen to his words. We've got to listen to him. We've got to know him, to lean into him. In the middle of all the other swirling of answers for what's going on, all of the marketing that's coming at us, lean in and get tucking close to Jesus. Listen to his words. Listening helps us survive the shaking and the storm. Hebrews chapter 12 speaks about it this way. It says, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. And since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. God lets us know that there will be reasons for us to be disappointed and angry. There will be shaking in life. And God allows the shaking and sometimes he's doing the shaking. How many know he took the whole globe like a snow globe two years ago and started shaking it? 
We're all going through it. And I don't think the shaking is over. And what he allows is whatever is unshakable remains. Sometimes we hold on to the wrong stuff. We believe in the wrong stuff. We rely on the things that don't really last and aren't really fruitful in our story. Don't help our marriages. Don't help us live for God. And we lean on finances or we lean on government or we lean on external things. But the external things are the things that are around us that are shaking. And Jesus is the solid rock that we stand on so we won't be shaken. One sideways conversation with a coworker goes bad. And all of a sudden, it's a Jenga piece pulled out. Or our job is eliminated. Or there's a devastating diagnosis from the doctor. There's news that a leader has a moral failure. What are you going to do in the middle of all of that? Have you ever been in an earthquake? I've talked to people who have. I haven't been. But they said it's the most unsettling thing in the whole world. In the middle of all of the the walls and the things around shaking, the equilibrium is off because the tectonic plates are shifting underneath. And, and so you lose a sense of balance and, and it can feel as if everything is collapsing on you. That's shaking. Sometimes we get into those moments of life when we face rejection or disappointment and it can feel as if the whole world is crashing in on us. It's at that moment that we need to remember Jesus is our solid rock. He's the one that we have to pull back into. He can be trusted. When you're shaking, it's very hard to see the big picture. And we come up with those permanent conclusions in the middle of those moments. Sometimes we think, well, God can't be trusted because of my hurt or my loss. I know people that I've walked alongside with that have lost a loved one in the last couple years. And it feels devastating and it feels alone. And no matter what people say in the good words, everything is going to be okay. And they put, try to put a smile on your face. It just doesn't fill the need on the inside. But it's right in those moments that if we make the conclusion that, that God did this to me and God doesn't care about me, that we're missing out on the fact that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. In fact, David, before Jesus was uh, uh, born, but he, he, he knew the living word of God. David said that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear. Why? Because you're there with me. See, he offers himself in the middle and not answers. He offers his presence. He is with us in our struggle. Can I get an amen to that? So what do we do now? Where do we go in the middle of our shaking? What voice do we listen to? Jesus said, if you listen and obey me, your house is on a rock and you can ride this storm out. And not only that, but you can also begin to trust others when he's in your story. You know, when we face rejection, human rejection from family members, some people had a parent walk out on them when they were a child. It's really hard. You, you've used the phrase, I've got trust issues. Some people have gone through that in human relationships, a, a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or sometimes a spouse. And there's a breakup. And then we find ourselves in a place where it's very difficult to trust anybody again. I know we run into this now in this generation of young adults. Many young adults, even in our church, are afraid to, to go out with anybody 
They want to be married, but they're afraid of the rejection. And so they're caught in between their desires and taking a risk. And let me tell you this, no matter where you're at in the continuum, you've gone through hurt or loss or rejection, and you have a difficult time trusting people. Everything will start with trusting Jesus first. You've got to be able to go to Jesus with what's going on on the inside of you. And if you go to Jesus, you're putting your feet on a rock. When your house is being built on a rock, you can take the risk of being rejected because you're not losing out on your security. Your security is in Jesus. You can take the risk of getting to know someone else. This is why we encourage people to go through growth track at our church. We've got a group of over 40 people going through right now, and, and I'm excited about their stories. They join our church, but we talk about, listen, it's not just about attending church and, and having theater religion and, and looking at a, a preacher preach on, a, on, the, on the platform. No, we believe that for faith to really be secure for you, that you really grow best in the context of relationship with other people. That means that you're going to have to be willing to risk rejection in church. Building friendships with others. You're going to have to take a, a, a risk to do that. And the way that you do that is your security is in Jesus first. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. He's not going to ditch on you. He went to the cross for you and he didn't even deserve to go there. He had never sinned, but he went there for our sin. And so you can take risks out of those hurts that you've been in because your house is built on Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Hebrews tells us how we take that next step to receive the unshakable. In verse 25, he says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. If we begin to listen to Jesus and lean into him, we receive his kingdom, which is unshakable. And this is what I want you to catch today. This is a real-time, everyday experience, learning to receive the unshakable from God. Because I can guarantee you, there's always going to be something out there that will trigger you. Always. This week, there's whole company marketing strategies to get you unsettled this week to click on things. Did you know what's going on? Ooh, the latest news about this or that conspiracy behind the scenes regarding the coronavirus. Ooh, you should get outraged about this leader and what they do. And we caught them in the, in the act. And all they're attempting to do is get you to go back to the Jenga game. They're trying to get you back into that, that game that the kingdom of God doesn't play by those rules. But instead, in the middle of all of that, if we call upon Jesus and we stay connected to Jesus, if we open up our heart to him, he has an ability to download in real time the kingdom of God, which is unshakable. He will give you the latest software update. He's got security against whatever the enemy's got up his sleeve. Yes, the enemy is wild, and he's, got, and he's a roaring lion, and he's searching out who he can devour, and he's got strategies, but we got the present tense kingdom of God, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. 
So if we learn to lean in to the unshakable, planting our feet on and building our house on the rock, then we have the capacity to overcome the storms around us. It's praying, Lord, my eyes see the danger of the storm, but my fears are telling me to explode in anger or in withdraw. But I choose to receive your unshakable kingdom in the middle of it all. It's being able to say in real time what's really going on on the inside, to stop and to look to God in our questions. Hebrews says to be thankful and worship him with holy fear. To be thankful and to worship God is to not hide our insecurities from him, but instead open up as a child of God. How many know he already sees what's on the inside of us? He already sees the hurt and the corruption and the pain. He sees the worries that, and the struggles that we have. And if we hold on to it ourselves and we're afraid of the next Jenga pool, we're missing out of the unshakable kingdom of God. But if instead we start with being thankful and say, Lord, thank you that I made it here to church today. Thank you that all the times, the hundreds of times that I felt like quitting and giving up, you never quit on me. You got me to this point. I am here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for planting me in a church, in the family of God, a place where there's hope and truth. In the middle of a crazy, toxic era all around us, I get clean air and breathe it in from heaven when I worship the Lord with my sisters and my brothers. Thank you, Jesus. But then we also begin to worship him, and true worship isn't just coming to him with our perfection. It's coming to him as we are. All our scars and all our worries and all our insecurities. And say, Lord, in all of this, all this, I choose to build my house on the rock. I choose to look your direction. I choose to confess Confesses the two Greek words, homo logeo. It means to speak the same thing to God is what he already sees. Lord, you know that I blew up on my kids yesterday. I yelled and I was... I feel ashamed of that. Lord, I'm having a difficulty in my relationships at work. Lord, I don't know what to do with the Ukraine, and I'm worried about world stuff going on all the time around me. To, to follow God and receive the unshakable kingdom is not to ignore those things. It's to take those things to the Lord. And instead of being afraid about the end times, we can't stop the prophetic clock of God. It's going to happen. And by the way, I'm on the first boatload out of here. When the trumpet blows, I'm getting out of here. But between now and then, I'm not going to worry about this and that movement around the world. I'm going to be aware of those things, and I'll know the Word of God, but I'm going to take those thoughts captive and bring them to the one who is my rock that I'm building the rest of my day on. I am going to trust in him who is faithful and true, who will never leave me nor forsake me. Church, you can do the same thing. You can receive a kingdom that is unshakable. Listen to what he says to you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And for some, that may mean that you need to share what is really in your heart and receive the gift of love that Jesus purchased for you on the cross and say, Jesus, forgive me as a sinner. I need you. Maybe today you need to give your life to Jesus. And every single week 
after we're done preaching and at the end of the service, we give an opportunity for people to surrender their lives to Christ. Maybe today's your day for that. You can do that. Today, I want you all to stand with me as we move toward worship and the response of the word. I watched faithful people for many years who are my heroes, and they're, none of them are perfect people. But I'm inspired by somebody who early in their life made a lot of stupid decisions. And the consequences for those decisions were pretty stark. Some have lost their, their marriage. Some have gone bankrupt. Some have had addictions. And I watch those people, but they keep coming back to Jesus to walk with Jesus. Sometimes they wander, but Jesus is there waiting for them. And as they come back to Jesus, something powerful happens in their story. Something so big and real. Jesus begins to make them different over time. I'm not looking for instant change from anyone in our church. I just want you to go one step closer to Jesus. Keep trusting him. He's the only secure voice in your life and you can be yourself with him and he, he will build your house on the rock. I wanna pray for you and then we're gonna worship and we're gonna go to Jesus today. And I encourage you, I encourage you to take your life open before God. In fact, if you can do this right now, just lift up your hands to heaven. Come on, just don't cover up. Father, we come before you today. Lord, I thank you that under the sound of my voice, there are so many different stories. There's different opportunities at different seasons for the storms of life to unsettle us. And I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, in our history, we have pulled the Jenga piece and the whole world came crashing down and you were there with us at the bottom. And Lord, I thank you for the promise that you can rebuild what has been destroyed. You can take what's been deconstructed and reconstruct something new. So I ask, oh God, that Lord, you would begin to rebuild and to grow in us the kingdom of God. The things that you promised, Jesus, as we lean in and listen to you, Lord, build our families, build our marriages, build our relationship, our career choices, our fabric for life, how we see the world and how we see ourselves on you. Lord, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I come to you today. We come to you and we ask that you would have your way in our lives. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that you were encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org to find faith community or additional resources or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We're excited to see what God is going to continue to do. The best is yet to come.